Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as I am going to go through a few things for this Nuggets team. I'm uh, going to go over the Nuggets-Lakers game. Uh, going to do some lineup data again. I think this is the right time. Uh, we're 26 games into the season. A lot of trends have formed. And I think this is kind of like right before the time where people are starting to think about trades, about rotations, about playoffs, about kind of game planning for that. So it's important to kind of look at the numbers there. And then third segment going to talk about surviving the next 10 games because the Nuggets are in a position where things are getting pretty tough and and they're going to have their work cut out for them over these next 10 uh, just to survive. So without further ado, let's talk to Nuggets Lakers because I think this was a game uh, we didn't have a podcast on the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network uh, over this past Monday, but uh, I, I'm going to do a brief recap here. You've probably listened to other shows, but I wanted to share my thoughts. Uh, first and foremost, Nikola Jokic, he really dominated to start this game. The Nuggets won in total 122-105. to 105. Uh, Jokic had 23 points, and I'm pretty sure he had all 23 or maybe 21, maybe he had a couple of free throws in the second half, but he did most of his work in the first half to try to get the Nuggets through the game. This was all with Anthony Davis out there for most of that time. Uh, he did a really nice job, and, and the Lakers, they went at him with double teams. Sometimes they single-covered him, but even with all of that, he was very efficient. He was effective. He did everything that he had to do as the best player on the team, in order to get them through that stretch. And despite the fact that the Lakers felt like they were playing with their food a little bit in that first quarter, things started to slip for them in the second quarter. Uh, Denver had a really great stretch. Jamal Murray with that second unit, uh, he did a really great job. He was a plus 27 in that game. He had 25 points, six rebounds, four assists, did have three turnovers. He tries to force a couple of passes in there on occasion. Um, just kind of either going for the home run play or or just going for uh, the, the middle of the defense when the pass isn't there. Uh, that's one thing that I would think he, he has to improve upon. But overall, his defense was really good in that first and second half. Uh, he was one of the main reasons why Denver was able to do what they had to do. Um, and especially with as many players as are out right now, uh, Gary Harris, P.J. Dozier, Will Barton was not there last night. Uh, Jamal Murray has had to step up, and he's had to do so in a major way. And 
I think it's really important that even with um, uh, Faku Campazzo is a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he's new and, and they're trying to figure out how to work him in as best as they can. RJ Hampton, new. Zeke Naji, new. Uh, Jamichael Green's new to this group, though he's fit in really well. Uh, Michael Porter, still very green, still very new. Uh, Jamal Murray's really had to turn himself into a veteran over these last few games. Uh, he's been a veteran for a little bit, but uh, as he reminded me on the postgame presser, uh, he's still just 23, and he's still got a lot of his career left to go, but it's good that he's having these lessons early. I think Jokic has already had these lessons, so I don't talk about him with it as much. Murray is now turning into that player that, okay, he has to lead the group. He has to do what he can. Uh, when Jokic isn't out there, Murray kind of turns into a, a slightly different player. He's not just running the two-man game. He's running off-ball. He's running on-ball. Uh, he's, he's a little bit more varied in what he does when Jokic isn't on the floor. Um, so I, I think that's kind of interesting, and it's something I'll monitor going forward. But uh, both of those guys played well. Jokic's number is obviously great. He didn't have to score in the second half in order to really dominate the game. Uh, but that shot that he hit against LeBron at the end of the first half, uh, the Sambar shuffle, uh, right before uh, things went to halftime. That's a killer. And and though the Lakers were able to go down, LeBron traveled and into a dunk uh, right before halftime. Uh, I still think that Denver did enough work in that first half in order to really put some pressure on to the Lakers. And they kind of cracked. They didn't really feel like doing that much after that first half. Um, the second half comes around and, and we learn that Anthony Davis, he, he walked off the court under his own power towards the end of that second half. Uh, obviously, he's, he's out for two to three weeks per reports, and, and he'll probably be fine. I, I don't see any reason why he will have any long-term effects from that, so I uh, hope he stays healthy. But uh, LeBron James wasn't his normal self in this game. There were a lot of times where he probably had an opportunity to go at various players that the Nuggets were defending him with starting with Michael Porter. Uh, at times it was Paul Millsap when LeBron was playing the four and AD was playing the five. Uh, that was that was a time where the, the Nuggets were barbecue chicken. Uh, Paul Millsap does a pretty good job when defending Anthony Davis. He does not do a good job when defending LeBron James. He just cannot move his feet in the pick and roll uh, when he's covering a ball handler. It leaves too much open space. And a guy like LeBron with the passing skills and the athleticism that he has, he fed AD on consecutive possessions. And Jokic just didn't have a chance as the, as the role man defender because the window was too big. So it's tough. Uh, Denver's going to have to figure that out. Uh, when they go against the Lakers going forward, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role Paul Millsap plays, what Michael Porter plays, what Jermichael Green plays. And, and how that continues to evolve. Um, but AD didn't play in the second half. That was probably the biggest reason for Denver's win. Uh, don't, don't take that the wrong way, Nuggets fans. Like I think the Nuggets earned a win. They probably would have won even with AD out there. But it certainly helped that he wasn't out there. Uh, LeBron James, he only took 18 shots. He was 0 of 5 from 3, missed 3 free throws. Uh, nine assists, only one turnover, but I thought that the Nuggets did a really good job against him and kind of selling out on him a little bit, making sure that he couldn't get all the way to the rim on a lot of cases. Uh, Zeke Naji was in the game because Paul Millsap got hurt. 
Uh, he played five minutes in that in that uh, second quarter, uh, kind of first second quarter bridge, uh, and then didn't really play that much uh, for the rest of the first half. But in the second half, he had to play a lot because Paul Millsap got hurt, Jamichael Green got into foul trouble, and good lord, uh, Zeke Naji, that dude is going to be an excellent pro and an excellent Nuggets player for a long time. At least I hope, because he has the right mentality when playing both without Nikola Jokic and with Nikola Jokic. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, I wrote for Starting Five uh, this morning, uh, actually posted this afternoon, uh, recording this on Monday, that uh, uh, Zeke Naji, he knew exactly... (coughs) He knew exactly how to handle himself. When Jokic was on the floor, he was kind of operating around the wings, operating around the corner. He circled around for an offensive rebound opportunity. Did a lot of good things that you want forwards, especially complementary forwards, to do. Uh, He fills that role better than Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Porter fills a different role, but I think that's pretty notable. And I I heard some brushback from Nuggets fans about uh, Michael Porter Jr. isn't as good as what Zeke Naji is doing right now. And uh, I will we'll we'll see, guys. Like this, let this develop a little bit. Let this play out a little bit. Michael Porter Jr. didn't have a good game tonight, but he is going to be an integral part of what the Nuggets do in the playoffs. I promise. Um, but yeah, when Millsap got hurt, Zeke Naji really stepped up. Jamichael Green got into foul trouble. Zeke Naji really stepped up. He had 16 points. Uh, ended up with. Three rebounds, and he hit four of five from three, which really is incredible that a player, a a rookie especially, a rookie big man, has the wherewithal and has the composure to be able to take so many of those shots and just hit them because they're in rhythm and because he's comfortable and because he's practiced his shots and he knows exactly what his role is going to be. That really helped out the Nuggets. Uh, it also really helped out that Faku Campazo had a really great game. He was incredible in this one against the Lakers. And there are a couple of instances where you see his lack of size really hurt him. Uh, the Lakers, they decided, even with Tail and Horton Tucker, they, they wanted to go at Faku on occasion. But on the couple of instances where that didn't really work, or the Nuggets picked the pocket and got a turnover or something, um, the Lakers stopped attacking Faku when he was out there. Faku played 26 minutes. He had a long time to be out there. He was a plus 10, and I thought the Lakers didn't really do a great job of attacking him, of really hunting him. Uh, LeBron was a major factor in this. He's the guy who really orchestrates everything, and and without Anthony Davis on the floor, uh, they don't have as much of a physical advantage as they normally do. So maybe that certainly was a factor in this one, but it is pretty interesting that I, I, I looked this stat up for somebody on Twitter. Uh, when Faku plays at least 12 minutes in a game, the Nuggets are 11-1. and one. Uh, Some of that is, is noise. Some of that is the reason why he's playing 12 minutes is because he played well in his first stretch. He doesn't always play well in his first stretch, and sometimes he plays under 12 minutes. Um, but it is interesting that when he's out there and when he's playing more of a natural position as a point guard and when he's kind of organizing everything, the team really operates well. Uh, when when he was operating with Zeke Naji against the Cleveland Cavaliers, they had a really nice pick-and-pop game. Uh, Faku and Jamichael Green have really good chemistry on the pick-and-pop. Uh, Paul Millsap also does this really well. So it, it's it's important for Denver that they have guys that 
when Monte Morris is a little banged up, when Will Barton sits, when P.J. Dozier's out, uh, Faku can step in. Uh, when Paul Millsap is out, when Jermichael Green's in foul trouble, Zeke Naji could step in. It's important to see that, and it's important to realize that this team isn't going to be in full trouble if their top guys get hurt, because that's one of the benefits of what Tim Connolly does as a, as a general manager. So he adds so many players that can contribute in such a different way, or in, in many of the same ways, just in case certain players go down. Like, R.J. Hampton, for example, he does a great job of filling that Gary Harris role. Uh, Faku Cabazzo, he does a great job of filling that Monte Morris role. Uh, Zeke Naji does a great job of filling that Jermichael Green role, that Paul Millsap role. So it's going to be interesting to see how these things develop. Uh, the Lakers did shoot poorly, so this game might have gone differently if they had shot a little bit better. Uh, 6 of 28 from 3 for 21%. That's a low total in terms of the number of threes made. Uh, they also shot poorly from the free throw line. 19 of 29 from the free throw stripe. That's 65%. This was not a good game for the Lakers. So the I think it's important for Nuggets fans to contextualize this, that they didn't get the Lakers' best punch. AD, he was out as well, uh, or at least out at halftime. And, and I think that that loss was probably even more impactful than any of the losses that Denver had combined. Uh, so it is at least notable that that the game ended up like this. But it's not surprising either that the Nuggets caught the Lakers on a bad night and they really capitalized because they had players that could step up for their injured pieces. So good on them for being able to do it. I think the way to win against this Lakers team is to get up 47 threes, which is a franchise record. Denver shot 19 of 47 for 40.4%. That's really good. They also got to the free throw line 34 times, and it wasn't just Nikola Jokic. It was Jamal Murray. It was Jokic. It was Campazzo. Zeke Nagy got there four times. Uh, lots of guys got to the free throw line. And, and when you spread it out like that and everybody's attacking, everybody's doing what they can to get to the rim, that really helps ease the pressure off of Jokic and Murray. So good on Denver for getting a great win. This was a great win despite the fact that the Lakers didn't give them their best punch. Um, I wouldn't read too terribly much into it, but I will just say that I think it's pretty clear that Zeke Naji might be the best defensive player for the Nuggets in terms of guarding LeBron James, in terms of guarding big wings, uh, guys that are going to be a little bit too physical for uh, Will Barton or Gary Harris or Michael Porter Jr. or anybody like that. Uh, or they're going to be too quick for Paul Millsap or Jermichael Green or Jokic. Like Zeke Nagy kind of fits that hybrid role that a Jeremy Grant filled. So that is something to look forward to for sure. And I hope that Nuggets fans can take that and, and at least take it as, as a definite positive. I, I don't know if how much Najee's actually going to play going forward. He may or may not be in the rotation even when guys get back healthy. Uh, so we're going to see. We're going to, we're going to have to see how this goes, but... Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk some lineup data and really talk about the uh, what the trends have been for this team so far this season and some of my general takeaways from that data. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I said thank you so much. Uh, that's, uh, that's not great. I was just drinking some water and I got a little bit of a lisp. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, we roll. Uh, lineup data. Let's talk some lineup stuff. Uh, we've got two-man lineups, three-man lineups, four-man lineups. I didn't go to full five-man groups because I think that's a little bit played out right now. There isn't a lot of data for Denver with regard to five-man units other than the starting groups that they've used and a couple of select bench units. So just know that the that the main starting lineup that they've used so far, Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic, it is incredible in the first and second quarter and really bad in the third quarter and doesn't play in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's pretty much how I would describe it. That's how I'd categorize it. Overall, it is a good to great lineup. And Nuggets fans shouldn't panic if Denver decides to go back to that group. Uh, I don't think that they're going to go back to that group with the starting unit when everybody gets healthy. I think that they're going to stick with Michael Porter Jr. at this point. It would be really, really bad, I think, long term if, if they decided to bench him again. Uh, especially if he, he gets back on track and plays well over these next 10 games. Uh, but it, it is what it is. We'll, we'll just have to see how it ultimately pans out. Uh, let's start with the two-man units, though, because I wanted to go through. I picked five two-man units, five three-man units, and five four-man units. And I'll run through them really quickly and just share my general thoughts at the end, uh, maybe maybe throughout the middle. Uh, but let's just start with this, though. I don't think things are that bad, despite the fact that Denver's 15-11. and 11, They're only in the seventh seed in the West. Uh, things aren't really that bad. They're actually closer than I think people want to believe. Uh, they're fifth in net rating, fifth in offense, already up to 16th in defense after a few good performances. So should be notable that Denver has made some progress over these last over this last month and a half, I would say. Uh, they struggled really badly out of the break, had a little bit of a lull in there against some really good teams, against... Uh, against the Lakers, against the Bucks, and against the Kings, who are basically the Lakers whenever the Nuggets face them. But it is what it is. Uh, Denver's figured it out. So let's go through some of these groupings, though. Uh, the first one is the most important. Jokic and Murray. Uh, they are plus 10.1 in 700 minutes together. That's a, that's a net rating. Uh, plus 10.1 net rating in 700 minutes. Elite on offense. Mediocre on defense. But... They've done a pretty good job in terms of doing what they're best at, and that's generating a great shot every single time down the floor. Um, plus 10.1 is basically at the level of a really great team, potentially a championship caliber team. Uh, some units are better than others, but for the Nuggets over 700 minutes, plus 10.1, really good, really good to see. Uh, next is Jokic Porter. That lineup has already seen thir- 335 minutes. They're elite on O, but they're really poor on D. They're only plus 2.1 net rating, uh, which shows that, hey, despite the fact that they've had some struggles, despite the fact that they haven't been great, they've still been good enough 
they they kind of have have a nice little buffer based off of that Cleveland Cavaliers game where Cleveland was just awful. I kind of think about it as the uh, the New York Knicks game a couple of seasons ago where Wancho, Beasley, uh, Grant, Plumley, Morris, that tree or that that quintet played all together and they had like a plus 35 raw plus minus in that game. And it sort of kind of threw all the other lineups out of whack. Um, it is what it is. Like you, you, you like to see teams doing really well, but against a team that's that's awful, like the Cavs, who just put Andre Drummond on the trade market and said that they're not going to play him anymore, like that's a that's a big deal. Uh, but even with that, Jokic and Porter, they've still been positive. I think that that's it's a good sign. They can move up from here. Denver's going to have an opportunity, especially over these next ten games. Jokic and Porter, they're going to play a lot together. Those guys are going to be relied upon heavily. Uh, Jokic, obviously, but especially Porter, because with all of the injuries that the Nuggets have, they have so many guys out that Porter's going to get those opportunities to grow. Um, Two other lineups, that are three other lineups in two-man groups that I think are important. Uh, Morris and Murray, they're plus 10.6 in 315 minutes together. Good on O, great on D. Uh, that group, two point guards going together. Morris does a really good job of setting the table on offense. And when Murray gets the opportunities that he gets, he actually doesn't take as many shots in those situations. But teams, for whatever reason, they still they put their best player on him. And they let Morris kind of do what he needs to do in order to set up the offense. So Murray is almost a decoy in a lot of those situations. And that's okay. That's sometimes what the good players have to be to set up the floor for the rest of the players. Murray and Porter, plus 11.5 in 231 minutes. So remember what I said about the other two. Jokic and Murray, plus 10.1. Jokic and Porter, plus 2.1. Murray and Porter, plus 11.5 in 231 minutes. They're elite on O, and they're pretty good on D as well. Uh, those are some bench lineups that the Nuggets have used. They, they used it on the road trip when they last went on that five-game road trip. That ended with a bad loss to the Spurs, but they had some good moments against the Miami Heat, uh, against the Dallas Mavericks, against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, all, all of those games where Murray and Porter played together, they did a pretty good job. Porter played most of his time at power forward, though, not at small forward. So I think that's notable. I think that's a that's an interesting point of contention for when the rotation comes back together, when the Nuggets have to figure this thing out. And the last two-man unit, a Compazzo and Barton. Uh, this is a much lower volume unit, but they are minus 8.7 in 65 minutes. It's just not a really good playstyle fit. Uh, those guys both want the ball in their hands. They're both usually playing next to Monte Morris anyway, so there's three ball handlers there. At times, they had P.J. Dozier playing with them, so it was four ball handlers. Um, I would definitely say that if I were the Nuggets and I were trying to figure out what to do with Porter, what to do with Barton, what to do with Harris, I think Harris is probably the guy that goes to the bench. But if it's not, and if it's Barton, then I don't think you can play Compazzo too. I think you've got to go Morris Barton and then maybe Hampton or Dozier or something like that. But if you go Morris, Barton, and Compazzo, that's a problem. Three-man lineups. Uh, the most important one, Murray, Porter, Jokic. Uh, that group has played 199 minutes together. That is more than last season. 
Uh, they've already played more time in the regular season than they had in all of the previous year, uh, which which lasted 73 games. Uh, we're only through game 26. So good to see 199 minutes plus 14.9 net rating. That trio, despite the fact that it looks a little clunky at times, despite the fact that things haven't fully worked out and and if Porter's playing the three, then it looks a little bit different that he's playing the four. Uh, maybe Murray's not playing as well as he should. Uh, Jokic, sometimes he'll go through, like, not not really slumps, but like he'll go through uh, little, little letdowns where he lets others control the offense a little bit too much and then doesn't get that power back. Uh, despite all of that, they have a really good group. Plus 14.9 net rating is great. It really is. And I think that's, with all of the problems that the Nuggets have had, with all of the the contentions, with with everything that's going on, they can always look back at that group, plus 14.9 net rating, and say, hey, we are still making progress with what we're doing. We're still making progress towards the playoffs because those guys are figuring out how to play together, and they're doing so at a high level. Next three-man unit, uh, Porter Millsap Jokic. Kind of the other way, uh, plus 0.3 in 210 minutes. They are great on O, but they're horrendous on defense. And I think this is one thing that when you're trying to build around Jokic, you need lengthy athletes, guys who can shoot, guys who are smart, guys who can play defense. Uh, Millsap checks some of those boxes. Porter checks some of those boxes. The problem that they have when playing next to each other is that neither of them are great on the perimeter. They're both outside shooters, but they also don't have great dribbling skills uh, when they're when they're on offense. And when they're on defense, they, they have a lot of trouble sticking with guys on the perimeter. Uh, it leads to interior shots. It leads to open threes. Uh, they don't generate enough turnovers with that group. So that is something to watch. Uh, I wonder if Green figures things out a little bit better. Uh, maybe it's Zeke Naji. Maybe they should be just sliding Porter to the four. I, I don't know, but they're going to be playing with these combinations all year. Murray Green Jokic in 121 minutes is a plus 20.6 net rating. That are, they are elite on O and great on D. They do a great job. Uh, I hope that it's it's tough because you want that to be like a really nice counter. You'd love for Denver to have a an option where they have their starting group, and that's really great. And then they hit Jermichael Green, and then they bring in Jermichael Green, and he does a great job of getting a a six to two run before the other team has to call a timeout, or they go on a ten to three extended run because the opposing team just wants to see how things play out. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. Plus twenty point six, it certainly doesn't feel like it. Denver caught some pretty good luck at, at various points where they faced the Minnesota Timberwolves early in the season. They they had some good moments where, where Green was good, uh, but he slowed down a little bit over these last few games, and Denver has to do a better job of, of kind of getting him into the flow. Uh, but with Murray, Green, and Jokic on the floor, Denver has been really, really good, and I, I think that that is a good sign for the playoffs. So. They haven't been really good with Murray, Millsap, and Jokic. And there's been a lot of same factors uh, for both of those groups. I will say Green... <coughs> sorry, I'm coughing up a storm here. 
Um, Green definitely faces an easier assignment most of the time. Uh, I want to see what he can do when he faces Anthony Davis or when he faces, uh, I don't know, pick a pick a really great perimeter option that he has to switch on consistently. Luka Doncic, for example. Like, does Denver do better uh, when they have Murray, Harris, Barton, Green, Jokic out there? I don't know. I don't know what they, I don't know how that's going to happen. But for now, it's great and it should be celebrated. What's not great is the Harris, Porter, Millsap trio. Uh, That is a really bad sign. Uh, A lot of that is from the opening stretch of the season where uh, Porter really struggled on defense. Millsap really struggled on defense against perimeter-based teams. Uh, They faced the Kings twice. They faced the Clippers. And they faced the Rockets with James Harden. Uh, All of those were tough matchups for Denver, uh, especially given their forwards. Uh, I hope that Denver, they'll probably go back to it at some point, and they probably should just to see if they can recover from those bad numbers. But if they go into a playoff series starting Murray, Harris, Porter, Millsap, Jokic, I would be concerned, let's just say. And the final one, Morris, Murray, and Harris going really small. Uh, You've got Morris at the one, Murray at the two, Harris at the three for most of that time. Denver's plus 24.9 in 77 minutes. They're actually really amazing on defense with this grouping. It's not the offense that really stands out, it's the defense. So I wonder if this is a really good trio against guard-heavy teams like the Phoenix Suns, like the Portland Trailblazers, uh, teams that are willing to go small for their offense. I wonder if Denver can counter with that. Maybe they put Porter at the four and Jokic at the five. Maybe they put Green at the four and Porter at the five. Uh, Maybe they just go with four guards and put somebody like Dozier at the four. Um, But for now, Denver's done a really good job when Morris, Murray, and Harris are all out there. They do a good job of spacing the floor, but more importantly, they close a lot of ground on defense. And they don't go to that group if there's a big wing um, most of the time. So we'll see how that that ultimately handles things uh, going forward. Uh, Let me just run through the four-man lineups really quick, and then we'll take a break. Uh, Murray, Harris, Barton, Jokic, plus 10.7 in 300 minutes. Really good. Faku, Morris, Dozier, Green, plus 19.9 in 119 minutes. Uh, that's probably Denver's primary bench group. Uh, when, yeah, it, it's, it could be either those guys or somebody replacing with Harris or Barton or even Porter. Uh, and that's, that's a good sign that that group has all, has all been very good. Um. Morris, Murray, Barton, Jokic, actually not great, minus 1.7. Um, I don't know why that is. Morris, Murray, Harris has been good. Morris, Murray, Barton has not been great. Um, so so see how that works. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit curious as to why that why that is the case. I wonder if it has to do with the uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks game. Uh, because Denver really got abused with, with Barton defending Mil- or Middleton, and they had Porter at the four in that case. Actually, no, I think they, they ended up taking Porter out, which was the right move, by the way. Um, and then last one, uh, last two, Murray, Barton, Porter, Jokic, really, really good. Morris, Murray, Green, Jokic, even better, plus 31.3 in 70 minutes. They're amazing on both offense and defense. So 
Denver has options. When they when they surround Murray and Jokic with smart players, with good cutters, with guys who are very complimentary, like a Morris, like a Green, uh, they usually do pretty well. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see if that trend continues because that's going to be something that if Denver is going to try to build a playoff rotation, they're going to want to surround Murray and Jokic with the guys that accentuate their strengths best and kind of mask their weaknesses. Morris does a really good job of that. Green does a really good job of that. I'm not sure how great of a job Millsap does with that anymore. Not sure how great of a job uh, Will Barton does with that, though he has had really good moments, especially lately. Um, hope he's doing well, by the way. I saw that he uh, he was out for personal reasons due to a death in his family, so I hope he's doing well. Uh, Denver just has a lot of options right now. Uh, they probably need another wing to blend some of these lineups together. They probably need to replace Paul Millsap in the rotation if they want to go deep in the playoffs. But kind of the general takeaways for that. Uh, trade deadline, March 25th. They don't need to make a deal right now, but they do have a lot of different options. RJ Hampton is not in any of these combinations because he hasn't played a ton. Same with Zeke Naji. They've both emerged as tangible options that if Denver were to try to make moves, then they could have other pieces that step up. Uh, so they're going to have to identify some needs, maybe target a guy or two. And if that works, if they feel like they've added somebody, then they can move up RJ Hampton in the rotation, move up Zeke Naji, excuse me, Zeke Naji in the rotation. And uh, maybe they'll be okay. Uh, maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe they don't want to go too young. Uh, but I, I tend to think that they're, they're okay with Zeke Naji and RJ Hampton playing some minutes. Uh, because they're probably not going to be a part of the main group anyway. Uh, we'll just have to see what that main group ultimately is, because I don't know what it is. I think they want Porter to be a starter. I think they want Gary Harris to be a starter. I think they want Murray and Jokic, obviously, to be starters. So I don't know where the rest of that is going to come from. Uh, we're going to find out. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about surviving the next 10 games, uh, how injuries are kind of becoming Pretty difficult to, to handle over now. We'll be right back. All right, final segment here, Nuggets Numbers. Uh, let's talk about surviving these next 10 games. These are the last 10 games before Denver has to go into the All-Star break. Uh, Denver's going to be facing eight of these games on the road, uh, broken up by two separate four-game road trips. They're going to go on a road trip now. They've already landed in Boston. They're going to face the Celtics. They're going to play four games against the Eastern Conference. Then they're going to come back for a couple of games at home, and then they're going to finish out the first half of their season against three other Eastern Conference teams plus the OKC Thunder. Uh, Denver's going to be in a really tough position because they're going to face this road trip without a lot of their pieces. Uh, injuries are starting to really become an issue. Gary Harris, he's out. Will Barton, he's again out for personal reasons. I don't know when he's going to be due back. Paul Millsap just went down in this last game. And I think it's pretty notable that he has played in every game. Uh, at And he just turned 36 uh, a few days ago. He has played in every game up until this point, and he's played 
a pretty consistent 19 to 25 minutes, I would say, uh, during that time. And he's done a reasonable job with it. Like kind of as, as good as you can ask of a guy who's 36 years old. And the Denver asks Paul Millsap to do a lot, uh, so especially on the defensive end. So he is going to be missed uh, as long as Denver's kind of fiddling with their rotation a little bit. P.J. Dozier, he's out. He's been out for a while. He pulled that hamstring. Uh, don't know when he's going to be back. Don't know when Gary Harris is going to be back. Michael Malone had had said that potentially on this next road trip that those guys could return. I tend to doubt that just because of the nature of those two injuries. Uh, a core strain is really tough for Gary Harris to deal with. He's had it already. Uh, this is probably a little bit different than the one he had before, but I don't know that. I don't know how that feels and whether it's going to be more of a pain tolerance thing or if it's going to be something that's actually pulled and and that he just has to rest up and wait until he gets healthy. I'm not sure. PJ Dozier, same thing. Soft tissue injuries. You hate to see those. Those are not going to be. Uh, it's it's not going to be easy to come back from that if I'm if I'm PJ Dozier. So I'm definitely sitting if I'm him until it's all the way back. Uh, Monte Morris, also questionable. He had a wrap on his shoulder in this last game on Sunday night. Uh, don't know how he's going to do, but he did play uh, 30 minutes in this last game and and started in place of uh, Gary Harris. So I wonder if that's going to be if that's going to be something that Denver's going to have to deal with too. So let's just say all of those guys are out. Let's say. Morris is out, along with Harris, Barton, Millsap, and Dozier, along with Greg Whittington, who I didn't mention, but he's obviously got that arthroscopic knee surgery. He's going to be out for more time, although it is coming close to the time when when they were talking about getting him back. So I look forward to seeing if they can actually get him on the floor. That would be very cool. Um, let's say all of those guys are gone. You've got Murray in the starting unit. You, de- you now definitely have Porter in the starting unit. You now definitely have Jokic in the starting unit, of course. Uh, but Harris, Barton, and Millsap were the three guys that they weren't uh, starting, or that they that they were starting kind of cycling through. Uh, Morris is the other guy. He's out in this case. So who are you starting at shooting guard? Do you start Faku and move Murray to shooting guard? Do you start RJ Hampton and keep Murray a point guard and, and have Faku run that second unit? That's probably what I would do. Um, and then at power forward, do you bring Jamichael Green in there and just try to go with the best player? Or do you bring in Zeke Naji or Vlako Chanchar or somebody akin to that? Do you, do you start Bull Bull and try to keep some, some rotation continuity there? Uh, Denver's going to have to get creative over this 10-game stretch which they're going to be playing in 17 days, two and a half weeks. They're going to play 10 games. It is a war of attrition. Uh, The Nuggets don't really have the luxury to sit anybody out, despite the fact that Murray could definitely use some time. Jokic has played every single game. Porter, I'm sure, could probably use some injury management too. He looks a little bit tired on occasion. The ball's going through his hands a little bit more. He's not really diving for loose balls, grabbing as many rebounds as he usually does. Um, Denver's going to be in a tough position where they are kind of with their backs against the wall. But, as my friend Matt Moore likes to say, they are best with their backs against the wall. 
I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore. I don't know if they're if they're schedule is kind of ironed out where they they beat the bad teams and lose to the good teams uh, that seems to be the way that things have kind of worked out over these last few weeks uh, but for now they're going to go and face a variety of 500 teams and lower over this next road trip they're going to face the boston celtics who have been a disappointment this year but they do have big wings they have jalen brown and jason tatum who michael porter jr is definitely going to have to guard and they're going to have to figure out how to manage that. Uh, then they have a back-to-back against the Washington Wizards. It's another below 500 team, but they have Bradley Beal, who the Nuggets have struggled with in the past, and they don't have Gary Harris to really cover him. They're probably going to have to defend him with Jamal Murray. Uh, that's a like a, good luck, Jamal. Like that's a that's a tough matchup. Um, then they go three and four nights against the Charlotte Hornets, who are below 500, but they're a perimeter-oriented team. Uh, they play a high tempo. They could definitely surprise the Nuggets for sure, uh, though they don't really have anybody to guard Nikola Jokic, especially if uh, if Cody Zeller is not doing well. If uh, Bismack Biombo, he's he's a little bit shorter, but he could be a guy that that he, he's kind of that frame of guy that's given Jokic problems in the past, but. This is a game that Jokic should dominate, but it is three and four nights, and it's kind of a tough spot. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. And then at Atlanta, they go, they're they another below 500 team, but Trey Young has hurt them before, as has Clint Capella. They also have John Collins, who's a really great athlete. Uh, somebody above the rim, kind of at the rim, that is going to be a pretty big issue. Then they come back for a two-game homestand against the Portland Trailblazers and the Washington Wizards again. Uh, Dame comes to town with some improved Blazers wings, despite the fact that they they don't really have C.J. McCollum right now. They don't really have Yusuf Nurkic, but if those guys were to come back, then that could be a really interesting thing. Uh, that could be a really, really fun game, and I would love to see that. I'm going to that game. I'm, I'm hoping that everybody's at full strength for that one. That will be cool. Washington, also going to be tough again. Like, despite the fact that they aren't a great team, despite the fact that they don't play any defense, Denver can kind of get lulled to sleep with these teams at times. And they didn't do it against Cleveland, but they kind of got lulled to sleep against the OKC Thunder. They didn't want to play against OKC. Speaking of which, their next road trip will be the final four games of the first half, and they're going to face OKC. Nuggets fans know how dangerous that team can be if they get hot. Uh, Hamadou Diallo, Lugens Dort, they're both athletic slashers who do a really good job. Uh, Al Horford, if he's playing, he's a great floor spacer for that group. Uh, then Denver goes to Chicago. Zach Levine is there. Uh, he's kind of one step below Bradley Bill at the moment, but he's very good, very dynamic player. If the Nuggets don't have Gary Harris or P.J. Dozier back for that game, that's going to be a tough matchup. It's another tough one. But it's also an area where Serbians are very common, as is Milwaukee. Um, at the Bucks, that Middleton Giannis combo, that could be really tough. Uh, that's a really great combo that Denver already lost to. Maybe they'll play Zeke Naji in that game a little bit. I would love to see Zeke go up against Giannis, see how he can handle him. Uh, he might not be great. He might not be physical enough, but he is athletic enough to do it. So. We'll just have to see how it goes. 
And then Denver finishes against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, They're hurt, but they're always dangerous. Sabonis is awesome. Brogdon is awesome. I think that's on a back-to-back too. So Denver's got a really tough schedule. Like it's, it's unfortunate, but that's just how it is. Denver's got to weather this storm and they have to find a way to go six and four despite those injuries because of these circumstances. Murray, Jokic, and Porter, it just has to equal plus 500 basketball, no matter what the other circumstances are. It just has to do it. You work in Hampton and Najee into small doses. You use Faco in the right matchups. You get Michael Porter back on track. That's what these back. That's what these uh, road trips are for, though. They're for bonding together. They're for developing some backbone. They're for understanding that even though things aren't going perfectly, the team is together and they're going to fight through it. They're going to have that resilient nature. That's what they need to find. Denver needs to be thinking about the playoff seating as well. Uh, Utah, the Clippers, the Lakers, they're all kind of entrenched in that top three right now. Denver's in the seventh seed, and they're, they're far enough back that I don't think Denver is going to catch any of those teams. The, the best case, though, is they, they get to the fourth seed. They avoid that play-in game. Uh, they don't have to match up with anybody else, and they don't have to match up with the... Uh, with those top three teams in the first round. And then if Utah stays in that first seed, they only have to play Utah. They have to play Utah in that second round. And I'm sure Nuggets fans will be pretty happy with that. That if they could get to the Western Conference Finals without having matched up with the Lakers or the Clippers, I think everybody would be pretty happy there. They can't bl- they can't game plan for those playoffs, though, if they can't bank those wins. Denver has to bank some wins here. It sucks. It's a really tough situation, but that's just how this goes. Uh, they've got eight games against the Eastern Conference in their last ten. They're very important for staying ahead of Portland, San Antonio, Golden State, all those teams that are competing for that top four playoff spot, like uh, Phoenix as well. Phoenix is in that top four sub in that top four spot. So Denver does have a tiebreaker against the Phoenix Suns. They've won one game against Golden State. They've lost one game against San Antonio, and they haven't played Portland yet. So circle that Portland game. That's that's going to be next week. That's going to be a really important one. Uh, and then circle some of the, the lower Eastern Conference games. You have to find a way to win those. You also have to find a, win, a way to win against that OKC team. So if you go Boston, Washington, Charlotte, Atlanta, Denver has to go at least 2-2 two and two in that stretch. Denver has to go 2-0 and oh on that homestand to get up to 4-2 and two over these next six. And then they've got to go at least 2-2 two and two on this next on that final road trip before they close things out. OKC, Chicago, Milwaukee, Indiana, they just have to find a way. The situation isn't perfect, but that's what this team is for. They've got to be resilient. They've got to fight. And more importantly, they have to develop that chemistry before these playoffs. What better time to do it than having eight games on the road against some decent competition but not great competition where Murray, Porter, and Jokic are going to be in the spotlight. They're going to have to figure out how to do it together. They aren't going to be able to do it apart. That's what I'm looking for. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to have a big announcement next week. Really looking forward to it. I'm really excited to kind of clue everybody into what that's going to be. 
We'll have a Denver Stiff show on Thursday nights, Friday morning, uh, after kind of what Denver's been doing against the... Uh, actually, no, they won't have a game that night, but they'll have a game against the Charlotte Hornets on Friday. So should be fun. We're going to talk about all of these. We're going to talk about this road trip, and we're going to figure out just how good this Nuggets team is over this next stretch. That'll do it. Talk to you guys very soon.